Hi, and welcome to Think Piece. I'm Jenna. And I'm Rachel. Today we're going to be talking about Taylor Swift's new romance, Daily Mail journalism, Me Before You, and we're going to dedicate a special section to the new season of Orange is the New Black. So if you haven't watched it, you can just stop listening before the spoiler parade. Okay, so Taylor Swift has been in the news a lot recently, like way too much. Wait, like how long ago did she break up with Calvin Harris? How long has it been? Jenna, you're testing my Taylor Swift knowledge here. (laughs) Not long at all. Because I wrote on the the plan for this, I was seeing a lot of really annoying stuff about how Taylor Swift's going to release a ton of songs because she's just broken up with someone. So it's it's definitely like not, not more than two weeks. Yeah. I have a theory, though, that oh. they broke up earlier, but because, you know, he got in that accident, oh. they probably didn't want to release the news, maybe. So they could talk about so the they accident delayed it a bit. <laughs> no, just because it, like, it might have seemed kind of insensitive if they reached it straight away, but they waited, like, yeah, a week I mean, or so after the accident. So if you hadn't heard, um, her new beau is um, Mr. White Man Supreme. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. (laughs) That's what I call him. Yeah, the media has been reacting to it really, really weirdly. The Guardian put out a really strange article about it called Taylor Swift and Tom Hiddleston, not the super couple we deserve, but the one we need. And it's possibly satire. I'm not entirely sure. They talk about it as if it's like, a political solution <laughs> to relations between the US and the UK. It's and a, I kind of love it. There's like a bunch of these articles on The Guardian just about, what's the name? Swiddleston? Swiddleston? Swiddleston. I think is what they've proposed. Yeah. <laughs> the, the greatest thing they said about it is as close as we'll get to two memes dating. <laughs> it's true. It's like a couple made in PR heaven. I guess so. Like you were theorizing, they, they probably started going out sooner than... Everyone thinks because um so there was a whole thing about how, like, how they were dancing at the Met Gala. Oh yeah, how, how the signs were right in front of us, but we didn't see it. <laughs> oh my god, I saw the funniest thing. It was someone had written a Taylor Swift Tom Hiddleston fan fiction like three years ago about really? like how they how they would like meet at the Met Gala and then like go and have sex and then get together. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, someone's out there who who can predict the future. Yeah. That's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Taylor Swift always talks about how much misogyny she receives. And like, I don't know, we all like to laugh at Taylor a bit. But she is like a like a relatively large target for just that very specific backlash um, of like, oh, she dates so many people. Uh, oh, she's like, she whines about everything. Oh, like, don't date Taylor Swift. She'll write a song about you. Like, it, <laughs> it must get pretty harmful. Yeah. And especially because, okay, so she's dated a fair amount of guys, but not that many. The other reason I feel bad for her is because I think she's trying to move away from writing songs just about romance, mm. like, especially in her latest album. And yet she still can't get that kind of label offer she wrote a lot of songs when you know she because she started her musical career when she was 14 mm-hmm. which is impressive but you know she was just a just a little teenager like all little teenagers have those kind of feelings and like um it's all quite childish and that's why her music was so popular like among teenage girls because they could relate to the teenage feelings she was spewing out but 
you know, that's part of her career now. That's part of her, like, discography. And it's really easy to kind of take pot shots at her for being, like, vulnerable and young and vulnerable. <laughs> the other thing, though, is I'm pretty sure she just makes her songs up. Oh. If she didn't date anyone, I'm sure we'd still see plenty of songs about <laughs> romance from Taylor Swift. Just because, like you said, she started writing when she was so young. But if you listen to some of the songs from that period, I'm like, did this happen to you when you were 15? But do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely the whole like, oh, this song is about Jake Gyllenhaal. This song's about Harry Styles. It's just a marketing technique. Like, even if she's inspired by something that really happens with a real celebrity, she just makes up the rest of the song <laughs> around that. Um, so the first Taylor Swift song that I have listened to, which is incidentally my favourite Taylor Swift song, is Our Song. Have you heard it? Ah, tune. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but like, so the song, if you haven't heard it and you live under a rock. um, (laughs) If you lived under a rock in 2009? (laughs) No, it was earlier than that. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, anyway. um, So (laughs) it was, it's basically about how um, Taylor and her unnamed boyfriend um, are just like chilling and she's just like, hey, babe, you know, that we don't have a song. Like, there's there's no song that we can, like, attribute to our relationship and be like, this is our song. And the guy turns to her and goes, like, no, but our song is, like, all the sounds of our relationship, pretty much. Like... <laughs> it's the slamming screen doors. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's kind of like either... <laughs> Either Taylor Swift had, like, a really shitty boyfriend who was just, like, instead of picking a song for us, I'm just going to say that Something <laughs> I'm to just like going to placate her. Yeah. <laughs> or she just made it. Yeah, and I think she just made it up. And I uh, also yeah. think that's fine. Like, <laughs> It's definitely more cool. likely. <laughs> and it's a better song for the fact that she did make it up. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. I showed it to someone who hadn't, like, heard any early Taylor recently mm-hmm. and they were like this is taylor swift it's because she sounds so country it's back when she's still putting on her fake country <laughs> accent she's putting on the fake country accent she's just making up her boyfriends like she, she's just got it on lock really that was the golden age of taylor oh yeah it's true did you see um kim kardashian's gq cover story um i, I know s- you're not a fan but <laughs> i mean you sent it to me so <laughs> i skimmed it the bit about Taylor Swift, like, I'm convinced that she's evil now. Like, I, I'm on Team Kim and Kanye. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> no, but I like Taylor as well. But I just, I can see her pretending that she didn't know about the lyric. Just for context, this is, Kim Kardashian said in her GQ interview that Taylor Swift knew about the Kanye West lyric. What was it? Um, I made that bitch famous. Yeah. Before... Um, his album came out, but then she claimed that she didn't know about it later so that she could kind of play the victim, according to Kim. Um, so, obviously, I don't know that much about any of these people, <laughs> but I feel like Taylor Swift is kind of shady, and I feel like Kanye wouldn't be a good communicator. So I feel like both so parties pro- are probably Yeah, there's guilty. probably faults on both sides. <laughs> but I just think that Taylor Swift, like, feminism is part of her brand now. Yeah. So if she sees oh. an opportunity to accuse someone of sexism, <laughs> she's going to jump on it. It's kind of true. Yeah. Taylor Swift feminism. Is a bit Circa. terrible. Yeah. How long has she been a feminist for? Like, a year? Two years? <laughs> is she a Hillary girl? I think she is a Hillary girl. I'm not entirely certain, but I can see her being like, a Hillary Like, yeah, because Lena Dunham is like... Super into Hillary. Mm. So and she's probably convinced the whole Taylor Swift girl squad. 
<laughs> the whole Taylor Swift girls quad was converted at the same time. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, I'm just saying. Are you a Hillary girl, Rachel? I'm kind of a Hillary girl. But the most that I've seen about Hillary recently is the complaining about the way the Daily Mail reports about her and the way the Daily Mail reports about all women. Yeah, I mean, I, have, wait, have you seen, like, hashtag, girl, I'm ge- I guess I'm with her? <laughs> I haven't. What is it? It's basically, like, just, like, for all the people who wanted Bernie to get the norm and then he didn't. Oh, I see. And then they're like, well, okay, fine. Apathy. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, but yeah, so she, this, it's no like secret that she's been treated super badly by the media. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the most ridiculous way as well. And uh, obviously the Daily Mail is like a big perpetrator of this, especially in the UK. They just talk about her outfits a lot. And, like, how much skin she may or may not be showing. And it's just really ridiculous and irrelevant. <laughs> and it's, it's like, if you scroll down the female section of the Daily Mail, I didn't know as it is so offensively section. named, <laughs> all you see are just, like, lists and lists of headlines talking about which female celebrities dared to go out onto the street today and what they were wearing. I think this headline is really funny. Pretty as a picnic. Table, Hillary Clinton dons bizarre pink gingham outfit for a meeting at Home of Chicken and Waffles in Oakland. See, that's what every article sounds like. (laughs) There's like some sort of pun in the title and then a really detailed description of what they're wearing. And then they drag out that description (laughs) for a whole article, just rearranging the same words into different sentences. And so, you know, every single detail about that outfit. Can I just read you some quotes from this article about Kendall Jenner? Okay, so if you haven't seen, recently some pictures came out of Kendall Jenner wearing like this black bodysuit without a bra and you can see her nipple piercing in it and the media is having a total field day with it. The Daily Mail refers to it as her daring nipple overexposure. (laughs) And okay, so she went out with Hayley Baldwin and Gigi Hadid and the caption of a picture of them is, she won this round. Kendall went out to dinner with Hayley Baldwin and Gigi Hadid, but most likely stole the spotlight away from them. Oh, oh it seemed Kendall got the shock reaction she seemingly craved. Oh, like, what do you mean she seemingly craved it? What signs did you get? It's awful. She didn't wear a bra, so. <laughs> so she craves attention. Um, I remember having the conversation with you um, and a couple of people, and we talked about all the different words the Daily Mail uses to describe legs. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we got we got pins. Um I think I've seen like pipes before. <laughs> um I've definitely seen gams. I've never heard anyone say gams oh out loud God. in my life. They also have a lot for hair. So in this we've got Kendall Jenner's long raven locks. I was gonna say locks. Yeah. Yeah, the terrible writing is like <laughs> what pushes the Daily Mail from really bad to like unbearably <laughs> awful. Someone's just like all the Daily Mail writers just have like thesaurus.com in a different tab. Just I like, wouldn't be surprised if it was written by a computer algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. You can predict every single article. What's really disturbing is um how they sexualize literally everyone like as soon as Maisie Williams turned sexualizable age um, mm. how old is she now she's 19 okay um so legally sexualizable age yeah yeah she didn't wear a bra with a dress and so that warranted an article 
Yeah, um, I imagine the Daily Mail offices are just like with a on, wall on bra of watch. clocks that are <laughs> counting down like until different female celebrities turn 18. <laughs> and then that's when they start writing all the articles about them. Yeah. Okay, so we recently went to see the um, the big romance blockbuster of the summer, um, Me Before You, for the express purpose to, to tear it down. <laughs> Jenna, I can't believe we paid to see this film. <laughs> I've never regretted anything more in my life. I'm so glad that like... I used my expired student card. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I kind of wonder, do we just not watch movies like this? Or is it just like a a genre, like a new genre? I think it's a new genre because I've seen a lot of bad films. Okay. But I've never seen a film that was bad in this way. Like, I can't compare any films to me before you because it's so (laughs) unique in its awfulness. There was a lot of controversy surrounding this movie um, because... The plot centers around how um, the disabled character wants to commit suicide. And um, a lot of the disabled community found that like hugely offensive because, you know, not all disabled people want to die. There are a lot of people complaining about this, but the, when I read sort of the response from um, the writers and like Jojo Moyers who wrote the book, she was like, oh, I've had so many people, like so many disabled people like come come out to me and be like, the book really helped them and like they really liked it and I'm kind of like how receipts please (laughs) the thing is it's fine to portray a story of someone who wants to die from euthanasia Mm -hmm. and if it's a disabled person like fine that's not uncommon however there are some lines in the film that are literally like not word for word obviously I can't live my life like this like Mm. there's no way that I can be happy when I'm disabled and stuff like that. And that's making like blanket statements about an entire community, not just talking about the individual story. So that's where I think it really steps over the line. Yeah, disabled characters don't get pretty much any representation anyway. And I think what one major problem is that like when they do get the representation, like in a big film like this, it's overwhelmingly negative. Yeah, before Louisa, so Amelia Clark's character, comes into Will's life. He's just a dick. Like, he's horrible to everyone. <laughs> he complains all the time. All he does is sit in his chair and stare out the window I was getting Jane Eyre vibes from this. Yeah, because he's so miserable about being disabled that he can't bear to do anything. And that's not exactly a positive message. One thing that I thought the film was really bad at is, like, taking the agency away from disabled people. Specifically, all the conversations that Louisa has with Will's mum without his knowledge So she tells him, like, oh, Will's still planning on going through with the euthanasia. Will's been doing this. Will's been doing that. Like, Will is a child Mm. or something. And she has to, like, report on him to his mother. Basically, they're not treating disabled people like they're their own people who can make their own decisions. And we're meant to think that because Louisa does this, she's so, like, caring and loving. And actually, it's just really, really condescending. Can we talk about the only person of colour in the film? (laughs) So... (laughs) There's this, there's a part in the film where they go on holiday in an attempt to make Will want to live his life. I can't remember exactly where they go, but some tropical location. And as they get out in front of the resort, there is one non-white woman who says, like, welcome to the resort. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all we get. And then the camera immediately switches back to the white people. <laughs> Have you seen, um, it's the most brilliant series on YouTube, um... Every word said by a person of color in yes, yeah. I have uh, yeah, so they do it for like a range of movies, and they should do it for this, <laughs> yeah, they should do it for this, it's so good, 
Um, yeah, so the, the videos end up being, like, anywhere from, like, 10 seconds to, like, three minutes long. And it's it's a very good way of just sh- showcasing how racist Hollywood is. Yeah. Okay, before we go, we're going to talk about things that we're into recently. I only really have two things. And <laughs> my first one is deleting people on social media. Jenna, this is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> It's so freeing. You like, don't even have any social no, media. No, no. It's okay. It's mainly Snapchat <laughs> and Instagram and Tumblr. If someone posts a Snapchat story that annoys me more than like two or three times, then I just <laughs> <laughs> I just delete them straight away. And but the thing is, like, the people who are doing this, they're just people I know. They aren't like my proper friends. Oh, okay. So if I delete them, a they're not going to notice, and b if they do notice, they're not going to care because I probably annoy them on Snapchat as much as they annoy me. <laughs> So it's best to just cull my friendship list as much as possible. What are people posting that is causing you to hate hate it so much? What are they not posting? Okay, on Snapchat, it's people filming themselves in clubs, like with the front camera dancing. Um, And I'm like, are you even having fun? And why do I have to watch this? I don't like how loud those, those ones are. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you're wearing earphones, you innocently click on a Snapchat story. It's terrible. Yeah, because Snapchat's changed it so that now, like, if you click on one Snapchat story, it plays all yeah, of them. Yeah, you're stuck. <laughs> but it's not, like, an, an act of meanness. Yeah, yeah. It's just me saying, you know, I'm not interested in your life. You're probably not interested in mine. See ya. Let's end this <laughs> before it goes any further. Fair enough. Okay, and my second thing is obviously season four of Orange is the New Black. So you liked it? I mean, I did like it, but I'm really, really annoyed about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I really want to talk about this, obviously, but I'm going to go through um, the stuff that I've been into lately because we want to, you know, leave it to the end, the big finale. Um, yeah, so you're not, you're really not a sci-fi girl, aren't you? I'm really not. Okay, I'm not really a sci-fi girl, but like Pacific Rim is a great movie. Haven't seen it. Uh, oh, it's so great. I think it's directed by Guillermo del, del Toro. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, it's a very good film. It's got Idris Elba in, woman of color protagonist. Uh, so, like, good amount of representation, good plot. There's there's no romance, like, shoehorned in. It's mm-hmm. pretty fab. Um, and so they're making a sequel because it was a film that did pretty well. Um, like, it, it is, like, aliens versus robots, but, like, it's good. <laughs> And yeah, there's been like uh, a good amount of uproar around John Boyega getting cast in the second film. It's great. He's great. Um, he seems like a really sweet guy. Yeah. And I've also been trying to get into Mad Men. Um, I'm trying to get into Mad Men. It's so hard. I know. It's because it, it's it's not boring. It's just like the stuff that happens that's interesting takes a long time to happen. Yeah, I, I get that vibe. And um, lots of the episodes are kind of really similar. I'm hoping it's a long game like Breaking Bad. Um, I think it is. But I think it's a really good show. Yeah, it's meant to be. It's meant to be like one of the one of the greats. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm gonna persevere with it. I mean it's not so it's not something I'm really into, but I'm not like <laughs> I'm not like hating it, hating it. Like I'll keep watching it. Things that we're not hating this week. <laughs> and yeah, so the last thing I want to talk about before we get into the Orange is the Black discussion is just Instagram as a concept. I really like Instagram. Instagram is my favorite social media app. I can't help but feel that you're a bit late. I've like only come to sort of the realization like why it's such a great app. There's a lot more openness than something like Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit more casual. And I think what's interesting about it is that most people on my feed are women. Like, have you noticed that? Not many guys use Instagram. I have noticed that. I think guys use Instagram 
differently to girls. Girls generally tend to have better Instagrams. Um, yeah, I would, I would agree. Okay, Orange is the New Black time. Okay, so season four, I would say, is probably my second favourite season. What's your favourite? Oh, two. Okay, I think season four is probably my favourite, but also <laughs> memory. Like, I can't really remember how much I liked season one and two. Um, so the big spoiler of season four is the fact that Pusey dies. I know you you were spoiled. Oh, um, yeah, it was so sad. I just saw someone post about it on Tumblr and I'd only watched like five episodes of the season. But no, it was really good. Yeah, and I kind of liked the way they did her death, even though it made me sad. Yeah, like it's quite casual for like most of it. And then you've got that huge, you know devastating thing but like side note people on tumblr are being such dicks about spoilers like like i watched it in like two days um mm-hmm. i came out on friday i finished it by like saturday evening nice nice so i was pretty safe um but i've seen people on tumblr be like how how is like the death of um a black lesbian like less important than like your spoilers Oh, I saw that post as well, and it really <laughs> pissed me off because it was just it's, it's just like, a false equivalency. Yeah, it really is. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people were upset about um, Pusey's death. Um, I tend to agree with you. I think that um, Pusey's death was quite well done. I thought it was... I've, I've decided that it was well written because um, they made it, like, super tragic. You know, they knew that she was a popular character. Yeah. Um, I actually read an interview about it with... Um, Samira Wiley. Samira Wiley yeah, and one of the well. writers. You read it as well. <laughs> okay. So yeah, they said that they wanted to do a popular character and they wanted to do a character who had some kind of future outside of the prison so that you could see mm. that future getting taken away. So I think they made a good choice. The choice that I didn't like was the person who killed her. So oh. Bailey. Because I was like, if this is going to happen, if one of my favourite characters is going to die and it's going to be a black lesbian and it's going to like destroy one of my favorite relationships in the show then wait so you mean tasty pusey or um pusey oh actually so yeah so. but uh, pusey and so so they've Aww. been really cute this season which is because they were setting up for her death obviously so they were like oh let's make it happy yeah no literally they gave her a relationship they gave her a future she was fine she was set to she was set to go to um get out of there in like three weeks or something exactly yeah so if all that's going to happen I should be able to hate the person who did it. That's what I didn't like, how they picked, like, the most sympathetic guard and then they built it up before with showing you, like, flashbacks from his life so that you would feel more sorry for him. And then the last episode, they showed the MCC guys trying to make him into the villain so that you would feel worse for him. And I was like, I don't want to feel bad for the person who did it. I wish they had just made it that new evil guard. So the writers were saying that that this was the Black Lives Matter plot in uh, season four. And I think that, like, it was it was sort of impactful, like that, like, um, Pusey's death um, was emphatic of Mike Brown's, Eric Garner's, Sandra Bland's. But I agree that if, you know, if they wanted to have that message be, like, Black Lives Matter, they shouldn't have made you sort of inc- be inclined to be sympathetic towards the god. Yeah, because, um, no, like, they said that it was inspired by the... Eric Garner death and it's like well no one's sympathetic it wasn't an accident yeah. yeah it's like you, you they had to pick between making it like a complex moral issue and then making it a social message and they didn't do that um which is why like that's that's my problem with it yeah but I feel too. like the the choice of character like it was sad like it's really sad that the LGBT um QA plus community doesn't get that kind of representation especially in terms of women of color um and you know when they do it 
very, very frequently ends in death. But I think, you know, it was really impactful. Like, I cried. It was so sad. I did not cry. (laughs) But I, I was really, really sad about it. Maybe because I wasn't shocked. Like, if I hadn't, <laughs> if I hadn't been spoiled, then maybe it would have affected me more. Like, I talked about this on Twitter. I was, like, semi-spoiled because I, um, I, re- I read a post on Tumblr that was, like, oh, like, uh, trigger warning, like, Pusey kills herself or something. But, like, I don't know. I read it wrong. Um, I read oh. it wrong and I, like, skimmed it. So I was like, that's probably not true. Nah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, good for you. But, like, I kind of... Yeah, because... Because I think I, I did read it as Pussy Kills Herself, and I was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, good. That aside, how did you like the rest of the season? I really liked that Piper sort of <laughs> semi has returned to normal, like isn't power crazy anymore. Yeah. Obviously, the reason for which it happened is quite distressing. And that whole plot was just like really disturbing to watch with the Nazi symbol. Yeah. It was oh my so, gosh. so weird. That was the first time I felt bad for in a really long time. Yeah, me too. Like I've been watching sort of um, older episodes, like sort of scattered across seasons and they they definitely have changed her character quite a lot and I feel like um a lot of people hate Piper I kind of hate Piper mm-hmm. as well but like you know not all the time um I like I do like um her story and I do like that she's a part of it I wouldn't like axe her no me neither it seems to me like the writers are kind of struggling with like ways to keep her in the plot <laughs> do you know what I mean because yeah. for the first half of the season it seemed like she was basically just walking around like looking for a plot to interact with like she was like how can I get in trouble no yeah I <laughs> so thought, that something happens in the show I thought they were just like trying to you know build her up so she could fall really hard yeah that as well did you like the Judy King plot I was surprised by how much I liked it really I didn't really like it that much because I felt like they tried to make Judy King like a spokeswoman for activism while also Wait, kind what? of making her a bit racist. Because she says something along the lines of like, oh, oh white men white don't get men. to complain about their oh, problems or yeah. like something like that. And I was like, what kind of character are you trying to create here? Like, you need to decide. I feel like racial commentary was really strange this season. Like, that, you know, a character like that would say something, you know, very on the nose. Yeah. Like that. And then... It just didn't seem to match her personality. Do you remember that um, conversation? Where, like, what Black Cindy says, like, black people can be racist. Oh, I saw people complaining about this. And someone made a Tumblr post being like, if you're wondering why she said that, and then a picture of the <laughs> writers, and they're all white, yeah. apart from, like, one. I thought they were all white. Because I think there was... I think one was Asian. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is actually something I wanted to talk about. Because um, I, like, after, you know, this all happened, and Pusey um, was killed off by the writers... Um, a lot of people were really angry about it and they like made like master posts of like these are all the reasons why Orange is the New Black is like terrible oh, God. Um, and I was like okay so I read a, like read through a couple of them and one of them was called um, How Orange is the New Black Fails It's Asian Characters oh yeah I've seen a lot of people complain about this but I thought they kind of improved this season um, in terms of Soso and Chang not in terms of Chang but in terms of Soso yeah I just I just feel like people are kind of complaining about nothing i mean i know what you mean i think with orange is the new black especially like because it's it puts itself forward to be something really progressive it therefore has to live up to a higher standard than any other tv show and yeah. people kind of forget that it actually is doing a lot of good things i mean i feel like people tend to forget about asian people in terms of when, like when people have dialogues about representation um but at the same time like asian people 
aren't overrepresented in prisons. Um, like, mm-hmm. as an Indian woman, I do like seeing other Indian women in the <laughs> in the media that I consume. But, like, I can kind of understand that, like, this show isn't, you know, my time. And people were complaining about how, like, when the Asian characters face racism, they, they don't really, like, say anything back about it. But I, I don't know. But I just... wasn't that what the whole black people can be racist to conversation was about? Didn't it come around oh, yeah. because someone because, was being racist because towards Because Watson Brooke? was, yeah, Watson yeah. was. So I was like, mm, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's not that pointed, the, the stuff that the writers were putting in. What do you think about Bennett not coming back? I was so upset. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like he's definitely going to come back next season. Me too. I'm like, is Matt McGorry just busy? Is that what's going on? I guess. Or are they really trying to drag it out for this long? It was like... So, it was so annoying because especially since um, like the last shot of the season is like Dyer mm-hmm. um, and I feel like that's maybe how they're going to bring him back because there's a, there's a, there's going to be a Dyer plot Ooh, in the next. that's a good theory actually. Um, did you clock um, that he tweeted for Father's Day? Like, no. Happy Father's Day. No. Okay. This is why I think he's going to come back because he tweeted like happy Father's Day and he had like a picture of himself and like. I think he had, like, a walkie-talkie on his shoulder. So I, it looked like he was in the guards' uniform, but, like, no one said anything about it. <laughs> and so I, like, so I don't know what to feel. So it was just you. You're the only person who noticed. <laughs> no, I think he definitely is coming back, although I'm surprised that it wasn't this season. Yeah, I'm so glad Nikki came back. Me too. I love her so much. <laughs> she was my favourite before Pusey was my favourite. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Pusey was always my favourite. Mm. R.I.P. I wanted to talk about... Dyer and Bennett's relationship and why I am in favor of it um because so I've seen uh, people talk about how it's quite problematic as um sort of a plot because there are so many Latina women in prison who um face like sexual assault and like you know there are these correctional officers in, in real life who are taking advantage of them um and so having a plot like that that's like a romance trivializes that and like kind of erases that dialogue but I feel like there are enough correctional officer characters in Orange is the New Black that are like terrible and abusive to the inmates that like I don't know I feel like we're, we're allowed a forbidden romance plot. I agree with you actually because I think that it was kind of like the job of porn stash yeah, to be that, that, that like mirror. sleazy yeah. more realistic possibly. Um, character and also in a way it's the job of tv to have these kind of things and you're like okay yeah that probably wouldn't happen in real life (laughs) but in the way that orange is the new black acts as a sort of escapism that's a nice thing to have i think yeah it's it's a typical cliche the kind of like forbidden love and orange is the new black isn't exempt from it just because it's a progressive show i agree going back though like looking at older episodes. So my favorite episode um, is the Valentine's Day one. You oh. also have a pizza. That's what it's called. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they have like little uh, vignettes of all the characters like talking about like um, their definition of love. And it's really sweet. But going back, um, Diane Bennett, like they've got problems, man. They do. Yeah. So like, I guess because I really didn't expect him to leave. Um, in three. I don't think anyone did. And, and I feel like I should have seen it coming now because, like, they were never really that stable. That's true. But I felt like they had, mostly they had, like, a goal for when she got out. 
That was what I felt. Like, their relationship obviously wasn't surviving very well <laughs> in prison. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting him to leave. Yeah, so in the episode I was episode I mentioned, she she's kind of, like, feeling quite down about their relationship because it's not a normal relationship and it's Valentine's Day and they're, they're like, you know, they can't pretend that it is. Um, but then she gets, like, a card, um, like a Valentine's card, and she, she like, she... She's way happier and, like, they have sex and, like, then it sort of transpires that the card was from Porn Stash and not him. <laughs> um, and, and it's just kind of like, I feel like you should be able to talk that through. You know, the lack of communication there is quite troubling. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Maybe I'm too invested but in this. I think also it's implied that there's a lot going on between them behind the scenes. So maybe they did sit down and have a long talk about it afterwards <laughs> you never know I just because worry. the thing with orange is the new black is because there's so many storylines mm. each storyline doesn't really get the amount of time that it kind of deserves and so maybe if their relationship had like been given some more time and its development and like the way they deal with their problems was shown better people would react more positively to it yeah i remember thinking the season that they've given all the white characters really weird plots well, so Piper, obviously, Piper. Nazi thing. <laughs> Piper started a white supremacy group. Very odd. Casual. <laughs> um, Morella. Yeah, what was Morella doing this season? Like, she was remember. getting married. She was trying to get pregnant. Oh, she thought yeah. that her sister was sleeping with her husband. I felt really bad for her in the last episode, yeah. actually. It made me really sad. Yeah, because, like, you know, she was just about aware of how her delusions were affecting her relationship with people, but she couldn't stop it. Yeah. Oh, so they had a rape plot this season, or the aftermath of the oh, rape plot yeah. with Pensataki. Yeah. Her character has changed a lot. Her actually. character, yeah. Like, done a complete 180. Um, I'm not sure how well they handled it, really. I liked it up until, like, the last couple of episodes where she sort of had a reconciliation with the guard. Yeah, I. That, it was so... Again, it was just really strange because, you know, he basically said that he wanted to rape her again yeah and i was like is this okay <laughs> is that what you're trying to say or were they trying to say that he's still a bad guy and she should stay away from him i'm not sure i just i thought it was, okay again i thought this was really weird how they portrayed like his desire to rape as like something that he has to like struggle against yeah like that's it seemed very weird. like oh men can't help it yeah they just yeah want sex. and i was like what message are you pushing but then they also do push the message that like all the CEOs are basically evil to the core. Yeah. Oh my god, I really hated that we had another Healy episode. <laughs> really? Season. I didn't mind it, although it was quite boring. I hate Healy so much. Stop trying to redeem him. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's like we're not going to forget about all the terrible stuff that he said just because he's kind of oh. pro-inmates this season. Yeah, no. I mean, I just, I'm sorry. I just don't care about his, like him or like his childhood or why he's a misogynist <laughs> racist homophobe dickhead fair enough fair enough but you know they're running out of people to do storylines for yeah that's kind of true i we got a maritza storyline this which i really enjoyed but it annoys <laughs> me how they're not finishing any of the flashbacks i mean i know that it's so they can come back to it in later episodes <laughs> but i'm like i want to know how they ended up in prison there are three not more the seasons. circumstances like five minutes before they end up in prison how do you know there are three more seasons? Because they ordered three more seasons. Oh, okay. Oh, but as in, there's three more seasons and possibly more, not there's three more seasons and that's the end. Um, 
I'd be surprised if there was more. <laughs> Me too, but it's That's a possibility. Fancy. I'd like confirmation yeah. that they'd know when it's ending. I guess. Uh, yeah, so I feel like even, you know, after that, if there is if there is more, it's not going to be much more. Um, one thing I do want to say is that I kind of miss Larry. Oh, no, I miss Larry as well. <gasps> really? Yeah. thought you'd murder me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I miss Larry because I miss storylines outside the prison. Yes. That's yes. the main thing. I think it's interesting to see, like, how people from outside the prison interact with those inside and vice versa, especially with Piper, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so because we haven't, like, really had any contact with her family either, except, like, I think a bit the, with Cal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, her parents are out of the picture. But, yeah, no, um... Yeah, everyone hates Larry. Um, he's he's very hateable, but I did quite like hating him as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's good to have a character that I can rely on hating on. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I'm so sad that we didn't get more, like, tasty poussé scenes because now they can never happen. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed Tasty this season, though. We got... I liked her new job and oh. stuff. It was just comedy gold <laughs> when she googled like please say washington yeah like, like despite the amount of traumatizing stuff that happened this season it was really funny and there were some really good like light-hearted moments mm-hmm. yeah so all of the new gods this season came from max um mm-hmm. they were all just horrific that guy that made maritza like eat a mouse like that was so weird honestly so many fucked up yeah like okay would you rather Oh, don't. <laughs> I, to be fair, I was surprised that she didn't go for the dead flies. Um, yeah, um, I was talking to um, Lawton, who is also a dedicated listener, and he, he opted for the flies as well because they're dead. I don't know if I would actually opt for the flies, though, because as she basically said in the show, the mouse is like one swallow. Yeah, you know, she said it would be like a jelly bean because it's all like slippery. And I, I was like, yeah, yeah, girl. That's- yeah, but then also... <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't know which one I'd pick, and I don't want to know. <laughs> and I'm thankful that I don't need to know. <laughs> she said she could, like, feel its toes. Yeah, though. exactly. But then if you if you had the fly, you'd have to do that ten times. Yeah. Unless I, you ate them all in one mouthful. I just get the... Oh. <laughs> Smart. I just You'll get remember the, that for later. Um, I just get the impression that um, the flies would be, like, like crunchy and like hard and the mouse is soft but like i don't know why flies aren't hard i don't know anyway (laughs) (laughs) okay um i think that's about it for today yeah so if you have any thoughts on the show you can email us at thinkpeacepodcast at gmail.com give us topic suggestions questions whatever fan mail yeah you can tweet us (laughs) or get in touch with us on tumblr as well and we'll see you in two weeks. Special thanks to Laura Girling, uh, who designed our beautiful, beautiful cover art logo. It's my favourite thing yeah, in the world. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> like, when I saw that, I was just, like, smiling. I was like, this is great. It's so nice. It's so pretty. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, bye. See you guys. Bye.